You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, I am so glad it's Friday, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. <laughs> and I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, October 7th, episode 3034, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. Well, we asked listeners if any of you out there had world records. and No, we didn't. That is not how that started. Uh, yeah, we you you did a weird news where we talked about world records, and then we asked if any listeners had a world record. I didn't even think we asked. We just blessedly found out about one of our listeners who holds a world record in something. And actually, there were a couple more, but this one was unique. So we're getting her on today to talk about it. There were more? Oh, my yes, gosh. There were a couple more. Uh, and also, was Monty able to help Jamie with the bucking horse? We'll find out that today. And we have some really bad ads. Plus, we're going to be announcing the prizes for really bad ads for the next month. We have now have the prizes to let you know about that. There won't be an Auditor Post show today, as we both have some business stuff we have to get taken care of. I got but, a bucking horse to deal with, so that's, that's right. what I'm doing. <laughs> that's right. I'm working on farm boy time right now. <laughs> <laughs> before you go, Before you lose him again. So, uh, did you see the story of Shane Adams and his horse, Mongo? No, tell me everything, because okay. I've only read the blurb. Okay, so apparently what happened is Shane Adams was camping in Utah, in the West Desert, with his horse. They were doing trail riding and stuff, and a herd of wild Mustangs ran, ran past, and Mongo decided that he'd rather hang out with them than at camp, so he took off with the Mustangs. He apparently was tied or something. I don't, I don't know exactly that part of the story. Well, Adams was distraught. This was his favorite horse. He was all, he was just distraught. He spent years looking for this horse in the desert with the Mustangs. He would ride out every weekend for three years looking for this horse. So he spent a lot of time looking for this horse. His son made up songs about missing Mongo, and he talked about Mongo in the past tense, like he was gone forever, or so he thought. Get this. The Bureau of Land Management rounded up a herd of Mustangs near a military property out in Utah last in the last week of September. One horse was not like the others, and they checked he had a brand. They checked the brand, and they matched it to one Adams had reported missing eight years ago. It was Mongo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you know what I'm going to say right now? What? Have you not seen the movie? This is a movie. This is called The Man 
from Snowy River. Okay, here's what happens is uh, Jim and his dad were cutting down logs, trying to get a trap to set up to catch some Brumbies. And then what happened is the wild horses ran by and then Bess snapped her halter and lead rope and ran off with the Brumbies. And the whole entire movie, he's trying to get Bess back, bring her back to him. And you can see them galloping around because she's the one with the halter hanging around her neck. And then she's running about. And then, you know what? His dad wouldn't have died had Bess not been, spoiler alert, Bess not run off with the Brumbies. And then at the end, guess what happens? Jim Craig has to hop on his horse, Denny, and gallop around and chase him with the herds to try to catch him because the colt worth a thousand pounds had been released into the herd. And Kirk Douglas saw Jim did it, but didn't. It was the other jerk face. And oh my God, this is the exact movie, except for the, you know, the BLM. Except there was for no the helicopters. Part that, that was fake and this was real. Uh, do you think Mongo watched the movie? It's not fake, Glenn. <laughs> it happened in the late 1800s. It's well documented. So, yeah, Mongo, they called him up and said, hey, look, we found your missing horse. And apparently he was quite shocked. <laughs> uh, he's 18 years old now and a few hundred pounds underweight. Uh, but he said he's got him back. He'll get him back to fighting weight. What's the name of the, the owner? It's Shane Adams. No, it's not. It's Jim Craig. <laughs> Shane Adams. The horse's name is Mongo. Uh, it was in Utah. I need Jim Australia. Craig on the show somehow, <laughs> and this is going to be my get. Okay? This is it. Tom Burlington will come on the show. <laughs> People will write me back. I'm going to need Shane Adams, who I will address in the entire interview as Jim Craig. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun story and a good story for a Friday. It is a good story. It's the man. It's the movie. <laughs> Except for the helicopter part that rounded him up. But whatever. It's, it's the movie. Bess. Jennifer's going to see if we can round Shane up and get him on the show, and you can ask him if he ever if he's ever seen the movie. And my guess oh. is no. <laughs> of course he has. If he has a horse and he's riding out in the wild, everybody's seen that movie, Glenn. Everybody has a horse. <laughs> if you haven't, for shame. <laughs> All right. Uh, happy birthdays to the following auditors. We have Felicia Pandorf, Nikki Lambert, who does the WTF show in the auditor room, uh, Mariana Alan and Kara Popplestone. So happy birthday to all of you. And it's your turn. Well, I'll give you, uh, obviously, Monty and Farm Boy get a daily winnie, but we'll get into them later. What I do want to tell you is the coolest thing happened. You know, I had this horse named Sky Ride and Run Forest Run. They've been with me, gosh, only for like a week. But I started them, they came from, came from Horse and Hound, and both, they, they were just best friends when they, when they were at Horse and Hound. And then, they, and they both ran a lot and they both were very successful race horses. I would imagine their conversations were, you know, always talking about the glory days, two geldings, super good friends. They come here together. They start training. They're so chill and relaxed and nice. And, um, they just got adopted together, Glenn. By really? a family that's going to keep them on 20 acres and trail ride them. A couple beautiful, sweet people, and they adopted them together. And it was like, oh, just keep them crying. <laughs> it's so nice because they're friends and they don't want to separate. You are too them. emotional like, for this job. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, though. 
Uh, no, nobody's like, I want to, I want both of them. I want both of them. No, no, the, but these guys are like looking for some, they have some rescue, get this rescue Belgians in their pasture that they, he's, he's like, they drink 250 gallons of water a day and they go through three round bales a week. And this I'm is like, why I don't own a draft horse right now. Oh my God. <laughs> they're, and they're giant. They're like, one of them, he said, one, one of them is 2,200 pounds. Oh my gosh. That's so big. And so, uh, they wanted to get some riding horses, and so they adopted two. And somebody well, referred you can ride them to Belgians. It's just a it's, you need a stepladder. I guess them. they're like rescued from <laughs> like up in I don't know somewhere up north where they were like working horses, but they're seniors now, and they uh, just needed a yeah. soft landing. And so yeah, they just well, take care of them. them. So they're adopting two. They're friends. That takes friends. a lot of. Um, Willpower and financial resources to take draft horses in as your as your retirement home. Uh, yeah, I it, it, it does, and they just seem like really nice folks. So I was pretty pretty Yay. pleased. Yay! Well, good for good for them. They find they find nice homes out with the Belgians. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's gonna look. That's gonna be funny seeing those that group side. And by these side. thoroughbreds are not small. And he, when they walked up, usually people come up to see the thoroughbreds. And and I'm in Oklahoma, and it's kind of like quarter horse world. And I mean, the, even like farm boy when he came back from Wyoming, he was like, I forgot how big these horses were, and they're like, you know, sixteen two. And then these people came and they're like, oh my God, they're so tiny. And these horses are 16 too. <laughs> like these horses are normal. They're kind of ab- above average actually. <laughs> but was, I'm so excited. Well, let's talk. All right. Everybody's waiting. So this is the continuing saga this week. It started on Monday with you having this horse that uh, you couldn't put a saddle on and box and everything. And it just started on, three and a half weeks ago. Yeah, but I mean, we started this whole saga really on Monday mm-hmm. of, of this chapter. Uh, <clears throat> and then on Wednesday, you got yelled at by Monty. Well, and... I put it. I put a rider on. I thought I'd prepped him three weeks to prep a horse for a rider. I put a rider on. It was a yeehaw, my God, this sucker bucked. He, I, I counted because, again, I have a video. I'm not sharing it with y'all. Uh, he bucked five laps in my round pin, and he's a gypsy banner of like 14 hands. <laughs> he's huge. I did see the video, and it was impressive. <laughs> oh, did I send it to you? Yeah, oh, you did. Shame on me. It yeah, impressive. it's impressive. I mean, it's like, you know, the feet propping, stomp, stomps all the way around, bucking, bucking. He, he's not athletic enough to like really kick out and up but he jumped and propped and jumped and propped oh my god so i sent it to monty roberts and i said what can i do and then he he calls me oh my gosh i got in big trouble big trouble i didn't know i, I he's like you should have done this 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 i, I all these things that i've never d- dealt with that they I, I i didn't even learn it in the advanced course uh to use this thing called the buck stopper i never learned it and so i'm not comfortable using it so i don't know how to make it because of course you have to make it uh and i don't tie ropes and do all those things very well so um i we're watching the video he's like you you know debbie's like watch this video this video this video on Monty Roberts University.com and then you're going to read this page and from my hands to yours and you're going to go through all this and I was like okay bye so I'm doing my homework I have farm boy come up here I'm like farm boy we got to watch these videos and then I need you to help me try to figure out how to make this rope 
fangled thing out of this rope and he like pulls out a knife and he pulls out a lighter and he doesn't smoke and he's like burning the ends of the rope. I was like, where did you get that lighter? He goes, you always have to be prepared. And I was like, we're going to come back to was that. Was he a Boy Scout? <laughs> so he, we're watching this and, and, and it's just a, on the video and there's like a, a drawing of it in the book. And I'm like, I just have no idea. I'm like still detangling rope. And he's like, how's this? Boop. And he hands me one. I was like, wait, what are you doing? What is that? And he was like, it's a thing. It's a buck stuffer. Like, how did you know how to do that? <gasps> Barrett, were you an Eagle Scout? He's like, yes. <laughs> he's I just a, don't picture cowboys being Eagle Scouts. He's an reason. Eagle Scout, and he's also worked like the past several summers for a month at a camp teaching kids how to like rock climb and belay and do, uh, all that stuff. So he's like, yeah, not to save your life. Duh. Like, you know, like, he talks to me, like, I was like, okay, cool. Well, we're now going to start teaching each other things. Anyway, so fast forward, I've got the buck stopper. We start to go to work on him. Um, and I was supposed to have a dummy to sit on this horse. Okay. And so I have the bear, but the bear needs to sit up. Buck the bear is one armed. I can't tie him to the reins because he only has one arm. Tragic accident fast fishing, I think. Uh, anyway, so Buck has one arm, so he's out. So I got to make a new dummy. So I got a Home Depot and I spent freaking $200 like getting PVC pipes and all these things and uh, bring it home. And I call him Nick and he's headless and he's, he's great. He doesn't work. Not a bit. I mean, what? try to put something on a horse where just like a guy made out of PVC is standing up. Like terrible. Fail. And he's dressed and everything. And now he is a scarecrow at my house. He scares me every time I walk outside. So 2.0 was a fail. So Monty calls me yesterday or day before yesterday on Thursday, Wednesday afternoon, we do a call and he's like, all right, here's how to make a dummy. So we go over the whole making dummy thing. And you gotta take tarps and you roll them up and you fold them oh, and then you tie them and all these things. And so I do all of that. I'm so excited for today because then we're gonna have an actual FaceTime lesson with Farm Boy, me, and Monty on the phone. Gonna be great. I show him the dummy. No, no, that is not at all it. Uh, didn't he know you're not, you don't go to craft class. Doesn't he know that you're not and he's a like, mom. I need somebody to send you pictures. You know what? We're going to figure it out. He's like, because it's this point. He's like, I need you to do this, this, this. I'm like, I have to run up the house and do that. If I forget it, we'll just move on. Okay. Got this horse. I've got the buck stopper, which for those who don't know, the buck stopper is this string rope, by the way. He wants me to always give the disclaimer that you should never attempt to work with a bucking horse unless you, I don't know, have him on the phone, I guess. That that would be like, that would be the only reason anybody should work with a bucking horse if you can have a direct line on FaceTime with Monty Roberts at the exact moment you're dealing with it. So, uh, professionals only. I hate to call myself that because I still need him like to hold my hand. So, we're on the phone. Put the buck stopper on. professionals only. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the, the thing on, and so it's this rope that goes, it's like a bridle, it's like a bridle, but instead of a bit, it's a rope, and instead of going in uh, in his mouth where his tongue is, it goes over his gums, like almost where you would put like a lip chain. But it's just a rope, and there's nothing that bothers them about the rope, unless they buck. And so he says that horses that buck, you know, people whip them or they spur them and there's not a, a, a connection to punishment for bucking. So you put the thing under their lip and he's like, yeah, the horses at the end, they might have some, some bruised gums if they buck really hard. He goes, 
but that's better than euthanasia, which is what happens to bucking horses. I was like, oh, that's really good. Because it seems weird to be like, I don't know. He, he And he even said, he goes, if there's a better way, I would like to know it. And that would be my way. But as of now, I've only done 700 bucking horses. So this is, is how it, it goes. So he's been, he's fixed 700 bucking horses, he tells me on the phone. All right, so we take horse out. We've get the western saddle on him. I've got all the things tied. My dummy is a failure. I get him tied over, and he's like, "You know what?" Uh, he's like, oh, "You just need like a trash bag, trash bag, and let's put some sand in it." What? Okay, so I get a bag out and I put sand in because this so this my my tarp you're dummy shoveling sand into a bag. yes, <laughs> and my tarp dummy is such a fail that like he's just he's not sitting up at all he's flopped over onto the left side of the horse but his legs you are attached like I do your tarp dummy <laughs> yeah exactly tarp dummy was a fail and so he's like we need to put a bag of sand on the right side and I was like. Okay, so I'm scooping up sand, and he's like, "You have the wrong rope." You know, I'm like, "I just okay, sorry." Uh, but, but at the same time, he's helping me every step of the way. I put, and we can't get the horse to buck because the stupid dummy is on the side, and he's got to learn to buck before you, you know, buck with the buck stopper on before you can put a rider on because he's gonna buck with the rider. So we can't get him to buck. He goes, "All right, all right, all right." Put some sand in a bag and tie it on the horn down by the right stirrup. I was like, okay, so this is weird. Thank God for the Western saddle on the horn to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole, that was the whole point. So we we I tied the bag of sand to him, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Holy moly, that horse bucked. I mean, bucked and bucked and bucked three times, <laughs> three bucks. And he was oh, like, because he had the rope thingy, the on, buck right? stopper on. Yeah, okay. and he was like, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm good. And I was like. Okay, he was like, perfect, perfect, okay, okay, bring it back in, take all this stuff off him, and we had to long line him quite a bit, and canter one direction, and then switch direction, you know, so it really desensitized him, because he says a lot of it is the leg. Well, I'm here to tell you that every single thing that horse did, he predicted. He's like, okay, what's going to happen is you're going to send him off to the left, and he's going to do this, and then when we switch him to the right, he's going to do this. And then, lo and behold, I send him off to the left. He does the exact thing. Send him off to the right. Does the exact thing he said. I was like, how do you know? Like, I mean, this guy has fixed these horses for years and years. For, for well, six, he's seven, almost 90. He's been doing it for Since he was like years. three years old, I think. So, but I mean, it's just amazing. And he's like, to me, this horse is such a big deal and so unique and so special to me to have such a difficult horse. And he's like, you know, like, it's no big deal. Like, to me, he's a scary monster. And Tamonti's like, just get up there. He's like, all right, take all that off. Uh, I go, okay. Um, I'm going to put the dummy on him. He goes, just put it on him. And I was like, I couldn't even walk up to this horse with a surcingle in my hand three weeks ago. And you're, you want me to put this giant tarp monster on him? He's like, just put it on him. And I put it on him. He's fine. I was like, what? How do you know all this? Like, it's like he just predicts the future because he's seen it so many times. He's dealt with 700 horses with this problem. And to be fair, that's, that's, that is, oh, that's a lot of these guys. That's a lot of work. We were with this horse. Monty stayed on the phone on FaceTime with us for an hour and a half. He'd be like, all right, 
Barrett, you go to the horse. Jamie, you hold the phone. <laughs> By the time we were done, he's like, all right, Barrett, I need you to walk up to the horn. I need you to do double clove hitch, half hitch, did like a thing. And Barrett's like, okay, do, do, do. And Monty's like, wow. Okay. Uh, he's like, and now I need you to do a bowling knot. I need you to take it around, do this. Uh, okay. And Barrett does it. He's like, dang, that's pretty good. Uh, so the fact that like Barrett speaks cowboy knot tying to Monty was very impressive <laughs> to him. Um, but it was just amazing. So what are we going to do when we get the rider on? I'm like, surely we're not going to put a rider on today. Like we've done all that. We've done a lot. I've taken an so, hour of Monty's time. I just want to rewind a bit. So he really only bucked three times with the strap on. With the strap on three times, okay. three jumps. And he's right. like, you kind of want him to buck a few more times than that. But you know what? That's fine. And and the, this horse is a little motor, man. He just go, go, go. And he was like, if he wants to canter, let him canter. You know, so on the long lines. So, all right. He's like, Jamie, you hold the horse. And I want Barrett, you to climb up on the mounting block. And, of course, Barrett's got the helmet on. And he climbs up on the mounting block. He's like, I want you to just put your foot in the stirrup, put some weight down, you know, flop all around. Barrett's doing all the things just to like blah, 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 all over him, putting weight in the stirrup. And he was like, okay, go ahead and get on. I was like, like, I did that last. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? He loves this. Like, this is awesome to him. So he's like. Uh, and I was like, hold on, Barrett, before you do it, Monty has the thing of not telling you what you're going to do until you actually need to do it. And I was like, Monty, I have some questions before we do this. All right. Am I unclipping him? What are we going to do with the lines? Like, and he answers all my questions. Barrett gets on and that horse blasts off and doesn't buck once, not once canters around what he's walking then he's trotting and then by the end he's cantering around and Barrett's having to move his legs all over and do all this you know and move him around it was amazing amazing this horse I've been prepping for almost a month to have a rider got one rider on it was a disaster and then Monty gets on the phone with me and we've got it fixed in a day like what he's so amazing you guys if anybody questions the like anything, I have. I, I I mean, I've worked with him since 2015. Yes, he's amazing. What I saw yesterday was beyond and far above anything I have ever seen in the horse world in my entire life. How he handled that, predicted all of the things, got through all the things, and like, oh, okay, the horse wouldn't walk up to the mounting block. He's like, all right, put the mounting block over there. Walk him by it, and then walk him around, get it closer, get it, and then mounting block issue gone. Like, no problem. Like, okay. Like, I mean, just so efficient. So all this, we get the rides. Barrett canters in both directions. He's riding him for quite a while. I mean, it was it was awesome. So Monty's like, oh, your homework is do not ride this horse for the next at least five rides without the buck stopper. He was like, he's going to regress at some point. And I'm like, now I know he's going to do it because he predicts the future. He was like, he's going to regress. Then you just call me back when he does, uh, if he does. And um and don't ride him without it. And we'll revisit in a week and see how it's going. And it was just the most incredible display of horsemanship. And like, we, we finished, I'm just like, I'm crying into the phone. I was like, thank you so much. You've just, you've changed, you've changed lives. And I'll tell you, tell you how he changed lives. Number one, my life, because I did not think that I would be anywhere near capable enough to handle 
this horse going forward after Monday's episode. I was like, I'm, I, I can't. I don't know what to do. He's gonna. He, I can't. Yeah, you're ready to ship him back, actually. Yeah, I, I was going to teach him to drive. I was like, he's yeah. going to be a driving horse because I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you don't want to bucking in the cart either. Well, and I don't <laughs> want him bucking off my rider, and I don't want him hurting himself, and I certainly can't send him back to his owner and be like, mm, yeah, I, I could get on him, but he only bucks three times, and then you, you know, I can't be like, he's fine for you to get get back on. So he changed my life. He changed the horse's life because the horse may actually be a productive member of society at this point and not just a sponge on his mom. This this woman has spent so much figuring out back and must, she's done muscle biopsy and all. I mean, she's just done everything to get this horse right. Uh, and the third life he changed, he changed Barrett's life. And I'll tell you why. Farm boy Barrett has only done horses in Wyoming cowboy style. You know, they they break them by, you know, you get this, you put them in the round pen, you put the saddle on them, you run them around, and you put it, get on them. Like, the, you, and you ride the buck out. And that's what they've done in the Wild West and still do traditionally. I mean, it's a lot less violent than it ever was. He's like, it's never violent. It's just they never take their time with anything. And the ones that are super buckers get sold, you know. So he changed my life, the horse's life, the owner's life and farm boy's life. Because as soon as we got done, you know, he gets off. We say goodbye to Monty. He looks at me and we just give each other a high five. Like that's what we do when we, when we actually like nail something high five. So he gives me a high five and he goes, well, I now know why you guys got letters from the queen. He goes, I bet she really likes his stuff. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, she did. She really liked it. He was like, I've never seen anything like that. I bet the queen really liked it. I was like, yeah, she did. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, that's why you got a letter. You can do stuff like that. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just ran around and got yelled at. He was like, you didn't say. He's like, I-, I go, I'm exhausted. I've been standing up. You at least got to sit on the horse. I've been running circles around here. <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, I-, I just, I can't thank Monty Roberts enough. That was so amazing and so just incredible to see that display. And for him to like be in California in his kitchen at 88 years old and FaceTiming me and being able to, I think God, he had Adam who works for him, like handled all the call and like got us set up and everything. And it was just, it was just such an amazing experience to introduce farm boy to this, to fix the horse and get to spend time watching Monty work like that. And and I was the instructor. I've seen him do it on videos with like those other better instructors, but it was me. And I just learned so much, and I'm just I'm just busting with excitement. Well, and so he's not going to be here forever. So you got to get your learning done because uh, you're going to be in, you're going to be doing all of this with people and showing them how to do it after he's gone. So. Well, what I told Farm Boy is I was like I have learned a valuable lesson. I was like I'm going to teach you things, and you are going to teach me how to tie knots. It's <laughs> like we now have a mutual deal. <laughs> well, I, I'd be anxious to hear on Monday how how the continued training goes. Well, that, that's why I can't I mean, do a post show. Up just because of everything you said about you know about this horse. You know, this lady was not going to send this horse to slaughter, but in other situations, it would happen. Right, yeah. that would happen. So, um, and the fact that she can baby get a horse back, she can do something with after spending tens of thousands of dollars. I know. I sent her the video just a clip of it and she wrote back is that my horse <laughs> like what just like what whose horse is that i'm like that's your horse that's your horse and she was like that's not 
my horse. I was like, it is. And she is so excited and so starstruck. And so she's in, man. She was only supposed to be here 30 days. The horse was. And she's like, whatever you need, we will do it. I will keep going as long as we need to. This is incredible. And so she's so honored that Monty Roberts like sat on the phone and helped with <laughs> her <bet>. horse. <laughs> it doesn't happen too often. No, it doesn't. I've, I've never had this happen, you know, where uh, ever, I mean, I've sent him videos and he's yelled at me in other ways, but like for real, like this was amazing. This was amazing transformation. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm bleh. I just can't keep going on. It was awesome. I'm exhausted physically. Well, take it, take a deep breath. Uh, we're going to hear about two other amazing, uh, one, an amazing company, and two, an amazing individual who holds a world record, who happens to be one of our auditors. We're going to get to her right after we hear from the amazing Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Commercial feeds are fortified with nutrients such as proteins, vitamins, and minerals. They are made up of a variety of ingredients that provide a particular amount of energy. Most feeds have been designed to address the needs of a certain type of horse. It is important to understand that all feeds are formulated by nutritionists to be fed in specific amounts. When the correct amount of feed is provided, the horse consumes the appropriate amount of energy and nutrients. The feeding directions included on the feed bag or the feed tag are specific to the particular feed and should be followed. When you feed less than the recommended amount of feed, your horse is not getting the full complement of nutrients that he or she may need. On the other hand, too much of a good thing can also be bad. The overfeeding of concentrates can lead to grain overload and oversupplementation, and feeds should never be cut or mixed with other fortified feeds or plain grains because this changes the nutrient profile and can cause imbalances in energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. If you need to include additional supplements in your horse's diet, choose products that are formulated to complement, not compete with fortified feeds. If you feed a plain grain such as oats, additional fortification may be necessary. Kentucky Performance Products supplements are specifically designed to complement, not compete with the modern concentrates used by today's horse owners. Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities using stringent quality control guidelines. So choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to them. Learn more about Kentucky Performance Products supplements at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, we talked about weird world records the other day on the show. and The Wednesday the parent- one was a guy who ran a marathon dressed as a unicorn. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. So then the auditors picked up on that, and we found out we actually have auditors that have world records, too. And Allison is on with us today. Allison, you have to tell us what your weird world record is. Okay, so mine is for pushing a stroller. It's kind of funny because I listen to the show every morning, and there's always one piece where I'm like, 
that is me. That resonates with me. But it's usually like the horse is lame or like, <laughs> the bad stuff. I was like, wow, I like, am I that weird? But um, so I had, um, I had my daughter and I was a runner and um, I was actually away and I decided that um, I wanted to go and do this half marathon race. So I put her in the stroller, went down to the race. I'm like, sure, it's okay that I push the stroller, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Super flat race. And it's actually pretty easy to run with a stroller when it's flat, not so much when it's hilly, but when it's flat, it actually doesn't change that much, right? So um, I pushed her in a stroller and ended up that at the end, she was waking up and was like, oh my God, you know, like, I got to get in and see this baby. So I ended up just like hauling it in and um, ended up passing everybody and getting to the finish line first. And the guy behind me was like, oh my God, you have to be like the fastest stroller stroller runner in the world or whatever. And kind of went as a joke, right? And I was like, what if there is a world record for that? And of course, there's a world record for everything. So I looked it up and there was um, one for the marathon pushing a pram, they call it. Um, and it looked like it was something that I could beat. And then there wasn't one for the 10 kilometer, but there was on the male side. So um, it's a funny thing with the Guinness World Record. It's not so much about necessarily, I mean, there are some amazing records in there, but it's a lot of it is just like seeing that there's that gap. And then, you know, if you're able to do it, it's more just like paperwork and documenting and stuff like that. So I ended up doing the, um, I ended up doing the 10K first, uh, just as a local one. Um, and it's kind of cool because they generally for safety, they don't want a stroller running <laughs> with crowds. Uh, because getting run over would not be very much fun. Um, so they send you off with the wheelchair first. Um, and of course my kid was a ham and she loved it. Um, and so, yeah, we did the 10 K and, uh, she loved that one. And I thought, you know, part of this challenge is being able to keep this kid in the stroller for three hours. Yeah, exactly. I thought of that too. I was like, how do you keep the kid entertained? Yeah, right? <laughs> Oh, my God. And they're not allowed to come out. You can't take them out. If you take the kid out of the stroller, that's it, right? So they have to stay parked in that stroller for three hours. Oh, wow. Um, and so a lot of stickers. So the entire inside of the stroller was <laughs> the finish line. Every picture, you see it slowly getting, like, covered more and more in stickers. And by the end, she's, like, basically sitting in a nest of stickers. But <laughs> um, we went and did the marathon, and she was – we taught her the wink and the gun, right? And so at every aid station, you pass through, and they give you water and cheers and all that wink and gun and you know like it was like she thought they were all coming out for her so she loved it okay okay so how, how what time I, I gotta know the time first so the the 10k was 42 minutes and it's since fallen actually the lady funny the thing is when you lose your guinness book of world record they don't there's so many right they don't send you a note mm. that's like hey this has been bested or whatever but the lady that did it you know, was like, hey, you know, I, I took your 10K record if you want it back. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> You're like, get so on your was- horse. Come on. But you you have the marathon one, too, right? Uh-huh. What was that time? Yeah. Three, three hours and 32 minutes. Oh, that's just disgusting. So, okay. I have questions. Well, you know, and it's just falling. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I have questions. Okay. First, first question. Uh, how old is your daughter when you are trapping her for three and a half hours in a, I'm assuming it's a Bob stroller because that's like the greatest running stroller of all time. But, um, I- yes, yes, exactly. Uh, for anybody I, who's. I'm knowledge of running strollers, Jamie. Um, well, that's because yeah, I'm I'm an inventor and I had to find a stroller that I could push so I could walk my cross-country courses. So, of course, I know what the Bob uh, is. <laughs> so, the Bob yeah. stroller, you've yeah. got your child locked in. How old is she at this point? 
18 months. Dear God. So big enough that you could talk to her and sing and, and you know, like have a, a conversation, like old enough so that she could be entertained for the length of it, but not so old that she's like, I want to get a walk, you know? So it was kind of like I picked kind of the perfect age. And you also don't want them to be too heavy when you're picking your child for stroller running. So it's a delicate balance of like weight to like brain development. Did you give her like an iPhone or something to play with? You know, I didn't because it was back then, it was like 2012. So I don't know how, I can't even remember when iPhones came out or anything, but she just had a really big sticker pad okay. and some snacks so- and we just sang. And, you know, when you do these, like, so we do like training runs and she'd come on all my training runs and just sit in the stroller and we'd sing, whatever. But at a race, there's like people like cheering and things. And so it was a lot easier actually in the race environment than it would be like in a training environment, which is kind of boring to sit in the stroller. Yeah, she had things to but look I will at, say, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I will say for people that are like, should I like carry my baby on hikes or like strollers or whatever? If you are into horses, like you cannot get my children off horses now. Like they just want to like, they wake up in the morning and they're like, can we go for a trail ride? And you can hardly get them to turn around. And then you get back and I'm doing chores and they're sitting on their horses in the field. They like being carried around. So it's, it's a pretty, you know, smooth transition from being a stroller baby to being a horse kid. Oh my God, you're so cool. Number one, like, I'm just going to, like, have a baby and then go run. Like, force yeah, gump. Like, that's crazy. I'm feeling uh, fat and lazy right now. Actually. I know. And the <laughs> fact that you can keep your child entertained and excited and happy, and you found, like, a perfect situation for her to be in. My kid, oh my God. I mean, he wouldn't sit in the stroller for more than five, 10 minutes. But he, then again, he doesn't really want to ride horses. So maybe you're, you're on to something. Uh, but then to run, pushing something, and to have Glenn, she's talking about she's running with her child in a marathon, singing and talking and having conversations. I'd be like, <laughs> and finishes in three hours. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. That's amazing. So, so I how does say that the pictures? They're like super cheery at first. Like you see my face coming out of the start line, and I'm like all smiles and sparkles. And by the end, it's so hilarious because the finish line picture actually. Emma is winking and gunning because, of course, that's <laughs> yes. what we taught her to do. And it was hilarious for people. And I am hunched over like a monkey pushing an apple cart. So it's not <laughs> like the whole time it was easy. It got harder. Oh, you only showed us. Show notes too. We have a picture. That's what we're oh. using the show notes today. See, <laughs> I've just nice glad. Maybe not the finish line, maybe earlier. Yeah, this <laughs> is like starting out. I want to see like the progression of every time they took your pictures, like more and more haggard. Like that to me is real life, but that's not what we put on social media. No, we put no. these beautiful you guys look so oh, good. No, no. Yeah. Hey, and I gotta say yeah, too, when I you think start. about it, your 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 kid now is a world record holder too, or was a world <laughs> record holder. How many kids can say that? Yeah, she's actually in the like gold version of the um, Guinness Book of World Records. Her little picture there. So I mean, it's small. <laughs> it's a small picture, and she's small and in a stroller. So it's not like you're like instantly recognizable, but. <laughs> You know, it's some sort of claim to fame, right? So how does it work? Like, do you call them like, hey, Guinness, I'm going to go and try to beat this world record. I, I, I thought I heard there's like paperwork involved. Yes, the, the paperwork is really the tricky part. So basically what you do is you like figure out you have kind of a weird thing, like pushing a kid in a stroller. 
And then you go in and there's certain records. So like I come from a running background. So for us, we think like 5K, 10K, you know, half marathon, full marathon, and then all like the mile. Um, and so they have those. Um, but they do not have, no, they don't have 5k, which seems weird as a runner. Um, but they do have like two purse, like two kids strollers and then like three kids strollers. And then they have like, um, maneuvering around cones with a stroller. Like, so they have some very obscure ones and who knows who it is in the office that sits there and says, this is a record and this isn't like, you know, slaloming around cones is, but a 5k is. Um, and so you just kind of find the record that, is something that's going to work for you. Um, and then if it's pre-existing and you can beat it, that's like the easiest one, right? And then there's just some paperwork and they say yay or nay. And then, you know, like for my case, I had to have videographers and photographers and I had to have chips and the race director had to like say that they were going to keep an eye on me and stuff like that. And then I had to get statements and videos and all that and send them in. And then they review them and send you a certificate. And the other route is that somebody comes and, like, accredits the event. And that's a very expensive route. But that's, like, the one that you see on TV where they're, like, instant world record, you know. Um, but that's certainly not the case in, like, us, like, regular folks' um, Guinness attempts is that it's, like, a 12-week kind of generally to go over all the paperwork and stuff like that. And it's a lot of documentation. How so. cool is that? But, yeah, it's, it's, like, if you can find – totally. And it's, like, if you can find one. Like, if you want a Guinness Book of World Records, just flip through the book, find one, and then, you know, do the paperwork, and there you go. Glenn, <laughs> what would be your attempt at a, a Guinness oh, Book of gosh. World Records? It's certainly not running a marathon in any way, shape, or form. Um Pushing or pulling or doing anything in a marathon—that's not happening. Uh, well, you know, we might—we were going to look it up. We might hold a, a Guinness World Record for the number of hours that a person has podcasted. We probably hold that one now. We should—we should apply. Because I have one—I yeah, have one skill that Let's I'm see. looking on Guinness to find, and I can't find it. And this is something they would probably love. And I used to be able to do it in like 19 seconds. Uh, but I can't, I, I, I'm sure I'm not awake enough to do that. But I can name all 50 states in alphabetical order in like, on average, 22 seconds. So yeah, can you see it on the show? It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I could probably hold that. What do you think? Glenn, should I give it a go? I need Allison. To, you're the paperwork. Uh, you've been through this before. I need you to see if that's a record. Okay. I can look into the podcast. Speed, be, uh, state, speed. What, what do we call it? Speed, state. Exactly. Same. I can't. Fastest <laughs> time naming all the states in alphabetical order. Like, that's a thing. Go. That's uh, apparently. Perfect. Perfect. That's crazy. There no, I, I just, that's go. so cool. You identified something. You're like, mm, I'm going to beat that. I'm going to go. I'm going to just get, like, that's so cool. You're like in the Guinness Book of World Records. That's so awesome. Yeah. No, it is totally cool because it's one of those things that I think we've all grown up with and been yeah. like, wow, like, these people are freaks. Like, look at them and they're like amazing abilities or, you know, like just really like unique things. But some of them are not all that unique. And I think if it's like it's one of those things that you have something like being able to name states or doing like a lot of podcasts or whatever, there's probably going to be, um, you know, some little niche piece that you could pick up and get yourself in the book, right? Yeah, Glenn, I'm, I'm would looking you at just... podcast records now and I think we probably could we could probably apply and have one already. With your uh, doing the yeah, the no, marathons, radiothons, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like now you got me thinking. Different. There's probably a few, Glenn. Like, don't go for one. You go for half the book, like half the <laughs> section, right? Like, 
Yeah. Well, Allison, what is your daughter's name? And you have to say hi to her. So her name is Emma, and uh, I definitely will. She listens to the podcast all the time. I actually said to them yesterday, I was like, guess who's going to be on Horses in the Morning? And they're like, Karen Chatton. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) what'd you do? (laughs) What'd you uh, do? They love it. Wait, are you an endurance Um, rider as well? I am, um, kind of, I, I'm trying, I, so I've done a few 50 miles now, but, um, it is surprisingly hard to ride a horse for 50 miles. Like for me, running 50 miles is not that big a deal. Riding 50 miles, everything hurts. And and so people are like, oh, if you're fit, it's no problem. I'm like, I'm pretty fit and it hurts. Like It's a problem. Have you ever thought of doing the ride and tie? You know, I would love to. We don't have it here in Western Canada, really. Uh, um, but uh, I'm, I keep bugging the endurance community that they have to bring that here because that's something that I think would bring a lot of people to the horse that's community. That's right up your right? alley. So, like, I don't think a lot of people, right? I would love it. Or the Equithon. So I'm really, really hoping, you know, or maybe we'll have to take some trips down to the States because that really is. That that would just be amazing. Okay, question for you. And if this is going to take a dark turn, don't to, to give me something fluffy. Um, so <laughs> I find that when I have run or ridden uh, my failed attempts at endurance, which I did a couple five mile rides, I'm like, that sucks. Uh, but I would like to say to running, like you have to, your brain has to be in the space to do it. And I find that like when I'm riding, just even riding your brain, like mucking stall, your brain like goes to all these weird places. And I find that runners typically have like some sort of brain space where they go and they think about something. So what is it that when you're running, what's in your brain? So for me, I mean, it's a lot of, so I've done a lot of obstacle course racing, which is a little different than running because, you know, you're running along through the woods and then you like jump off something and then you like swing from something. So there's always like something coming up. And so for me, it tends to just be very practical. And same way if I'm out on the trail, like doing an endurance ride is it's like, okay, so what am I going to have to grab at the next thing? Okay. So there's a hill coming up, you know, and it's just like very like, in the moment kind of practical and that seems to work for me i don't really like have a lot of brain space <laughs> i don't think after having two children so like just feel like all i have to take care of of me like that is just about me right now and my horse and it's just so simple right well, that, and so straightforward so, so like if you're in a marathon and you're running are you like i'll just have to make it to that stop sign all i have to do and then you get to the stop sign you're like yeah. now i need to run to that tree i'm just gonna run to that tree that's what i how i run yeah yeah yeah, and I'm like, okay, I need to take half a gel here, and then I need to make sure I get to the water station, and I need to make sure that I'm still picking up my knees and still driving back with my elbows, and, like, I'm constantly just, like, thinking, like, what should I be doing right now? Well, and, not only uh, that, that, God bless you, you have us in your brain every day. That's got to be difficult. So, um, there's that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm even to the point where I like to listen to music and stuff, but I don't do podcasts when I'm riding. Like, I listen to Horses in the Morning every morning when I go down to the barn and I'm doing chores and stuff. But if I'm riding or running or, it, like, music is just enough stimulation and, you know, not too much where I feel like there's just too much to think about at once. That's what I do. Same thing. I listen to podcasts during barn chores and then I, I listen to music when I ride. That's cool. Yeah, it's riding and running are so much the same. Like, especially endurance, it's like you know, or trail riding. It's just like, you just get to go out there and shut off and just like 
focus on like those like necessities that need to happen in the moment. And other than that, you can just kind of shut down. I love music. Like that's enough for me, but yeah. You are a badass and I think that you're amazing and please tell your children hello and that we love them. And thank you for joining us and telling us this incredible story. Of course. Well, thanks for chatting with me and uh, thanks for doing what you guys do and making everybody's lives so much better. I don't know if you guys totally realize it, but you know, I know for myself, it's like you guys make such an impact to my day, which is pretty incredible if you think about how many people your lives touch and go and find the Guinness world records because I want to see you guys in the next book. I'll buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to do it. If you, if you end up with the Guinness world record for saying States, the fastest, we got to do it on the show. So yeah. Yeah. And maybe that could be an additional podcast. All right, yes. I'm going to have to start practicing. <laughs> Record somewhere. You get, That's yeah. right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And, uh, of course, Allison is an auditor. If you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner, and you, too, will be part of the cool page where we learned about all of this on Facebook. Thanks, Allison. Appreciate it. Thanks, Allison. Thank you. So, so did, I tell uh, you I ever, did I ever tell you I tried out for deal or no deal? No, <laughs> I did, and it's it's horrifying. You have to you have to. That's the one where they did the suitcases, and I think Meghan Merkel was a suitcase girl. And uh, you have to you go through the line. Now I was doing the radio stuff, so I got to go to the front of the line. I didn't have to wait outside for like two days. Got to the front of the line, and they put a camera on you three 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 feet from your face. Okay, and they're like, okay, do something. Jump up and down and act excited. <laughs> I'm like, do something like what? He was like, to do like a skill or a talent that you have, you know, like you're, you're auditioning. You want to grab the producers and get them to uh, uh, get your personality out. And I was like, I'm just supposed to do this isn't something. America's got talent. It's In the, yeah, exactly. I was like, deal or no deal. I've got to do something in front of a camera. All right. I'm going to name all 50 states in alphabetical <laughs> order in under 22 seconds. <laughs> so that's what I did. And they never called. I didn't make the show. Well, we're going to get you the Guinness World Book of Records now. We'll fix that. Yeah, we'll show you deal or no deal. No, <laughs> no deal! deal. <laughs> you know, you could have won a million dollars there, but I only went be because this record holder. Well, this girl, my brother's girlfriend, wanted to try out, and so I was like, "I'll go with you" because I can get in front of the line, and we get in front of the line. I do my thing, and she's like, "I'm like your turn," and she's like, "No, I don't want to. I'm scared." <laughs> <gasps> I was like, "You're dead to me. Like you just made me go through all this. I get in front of the line, and then you chicken out." Yeah, she chickened out. <laughs> I'll never forgive her for that. Well, Wintech has always made riding easy and comfortable, combining world-leading innovations in high-tech materials and lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. It's easy to see why Wintech is the world's number one synthetic saddle brand. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting-edge designs, but improved standards in fit, comfort, and performance, both for you and your horse. You know what? It's time to ride, it's time to enjoy, and it's time to get a Wintech saddle. Find out more at wintech-saddles.com. Pay it! I say, pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. 
horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It's time for Really Bad Ads, that time of the week when listeners submit ads to us either through Craigslist or Facebook or someplace like that, and uh, we read them and have a little fun. All Everybody who submits an ad, whether they make it on the air or not, because there's hundreds of them in, so whether you make it on the air or not, you're counted. You're in the pot to be for the drawing for the prizes. And this month, we have brand new prizes brought to you by Horselovers.com, home to over 120,000 horse products over at HorseLoversWithAZ.com. Wow. How much I would love to walk into their warehouse. Like, I'll take you know one what? of them. I've been in Dover's warehouse, and it is the one of the biggest horsey warehouses I've ever seen. Just the smell of the horse lover's warehouse. It's huge. Um, you know, I've been in smaller warehouses. I was also in Smart Pack's warehouse, and that one does smell because of all the supplements. So. <laughs> but the prizes this month, Weatherbeta, the first one is a Weatherbeta Prime saddle pad and ear bonnet. It's a $60 value. These are the new saddle pads that have come out uh, from Weatherbeta. I saw them at uh, Ada when we were there. They're really cool. They come in fun colors. Uh, and, you know, what makes them really good is they have a durable cotton pad with easy wick lining and that helps keep your horse cool and dry and comfortable has a breathable mesh spine for extra airflow and a high wither design allows extra space where it's needed on the wither so they're really cool pad and cool colors and to get a matching ear bonnet with it that's a total value of $60 and you get to pick your so- your shape and your color all right. I love those pads. Um, the next one is the Gatsby Nylon Cooler Saddle Bag with Cancel Bag and Gatsby Nylon Western Saddle Carrier. Uh, the value is 60 bucks. It's an insulated and detachable side coolers to keep your snacks and drinks cold and fresh for hours. Now that's the type of trail ride I want to do. Convenient zipper top allows you reach your snacks <clears throat> beer with ease while riding. Each cooler holds up to 12, 12 ounce cans. Yeah. Uh, two six packs along with it. Uh-huh, basically. <laughs> I just told you how you know your horse is drunk broke. You can uh, right. reach in your cooler uh, from behind and, and slosh through the ice and then pull out a beer and psh, open it and then you... That's drunk broke. Uh, then uh, also the, then uh, you got the Gatsby Western Saddle Carrier. Great for transporting your Western saddle around the showgrounds, made to last, and offers a full-length zippered opening complete with an adjustable shoulder strap, and it fits larger Western show saddles as well. The other thing is, is this is the last month that they're providing prizes. They provided a lot for us this year so far, and that's the cool curtains. Uh, two seven-foot cool curtain panels that go over your stall doors, and what they do is they help keep about 80% of the sun's heat rays out of the barn and run in sheds. It also works on stalls and aisleways and storage buildings and things, They whatever doorway they fit into. Uh, and it also keeps out bugs and birds and provides airflow at the same time. So we're going to be given away uh, two of these. They're valued at $84 each. So we'll be having all of those winners in several weeks. But now we have to do some really bad ads. All right. Let's see. Who's the, the first one comes from? Oh, my God. That's so the cute. cutest thing I've ever seen. It's the second cutest puppy Jennifer in the world. I could get one. <laughs> it is a uh, looks like to be a golden retriever puppy, which... Th- are cute second only to basset hound puppies. <laughs> so fluffy. This is the Wasatch Range eventing of Area Nine 
Facebook page. Okay. There's a Facebook page for everything. <clears throat> barn dogs in training in search of their forever barns. AKC Golden Retrievers, guaranteed to cheer you up after your next dressage test. They are 1.1 hands high, sound, and love the farrier. Colors from Palomino to Chestnut, Phillies, and Colts. PM me and come see them. That's the cutest ad ever. Oh, Rebecca little, said though it's so cute. They have little, they have little bandanas on them, and there's footballs and ba- beach oh. balls and everything around them. It's, it's, They're 1.1 one I really hands wanted tall. One. Because we were trying, when we got the puppy, it was, it was, do, are we going to, for our future dog before Chad surprised me with it, is, uh, is it going to be a golden retriever or a basset hound puppy? And, uh, well, you did get lucky with the cutest puppy ever. Oh my so, God. I mean, there's that. But these guys are so cute too. They're they just cute. different. They're cute. so fluffy. Yeah. yeah. They're like little, little teddy bears. My dog is ears and skin. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he is. Exactly. And personality. Oh, Homer. I can hear him whining right now. I miss you. All right, Laura sent this one. And by the way, if you send your own audio recording in, you get double the entries. If you do it with an accent other than your own, you get triple the entries. This is Laura Berry from Fallon, Nevada. Um, This is coming to you in my closet because my six-year-old is watching a football game and all my dogs are barking. (laughs) Um, This ad is out of North Texas area horse swap. And I'll try my best at a bad Texas accent. Yes. Bay Paint Mare, five years old. Perfect horse to throw somebody on that you don't like very much. We'll get the job done every time. We purchased her with the name Carol, already given to her, but we didn't know she earned it by being a man killer. PM me for more info. So, y'all, the pictures, the first one, the guy is riding the horse. There is no feet on the ground at all. This horse is straight up in the air. The second picture, they're almost running into a fence. He's still on it. The third picture, there's no one on the horse. It's just rearing and bucking. Fourth picture, he's uh the horse is rearing really high, and he's about halfway on the horse, but one leg's over the top of it, and he's got one foot almost touching the ground. He's still holding onto the reins. It looks pretty bad. And the last picture, he's hanging on to the saddle horn and the cantle. He is touching the ground. One foot's in between both bath legs. It looks really bad, you guys. Oh. Good luck with that. You can fix this one now. Buy it for ten bucks and sell it for ten thousand. What does Carol have to do with the name? Like the name, I didn't understand. Like where did that go? Where did that come Karen, from? Obviously, maybe, her name is Carol, and I didn't know it was because she hated men. Like what? I knew about the Karen thing. I didn't know about the Carol thing. So yeah, if anybody my, knows about the Carol thing, let us know. My dad's <laughs> wife is named Karen. It's appropriate. <laughs> Caitlin <clears throat> sent the following one in. Yeah, Caitlin. and horses in New England. Um, if I whisper, she can't hear me. <laughs> But this is uh, Ponies and Horses in New England, probably out of Facebook. Getting out of horses do all must go. Papered cowbred weanling still a stud XXXX. Cow rope horse with knee chip 15.313 yellow XXXX. Kid pony 13.1 12 year or 12 YOLO XXXX. Two Mustang yearlings must have BLM contract lowest if the XXXX. I have tack a trailer, everything else for sale located in Connecticut PM. What are they know. getting out of? They're just putting the <laughs> X's. I think that's to signify it's for you're not paying hundreds of dollars. You're paying thousands of dollars, maybe. So two Mustang yearlings for thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Yeah, which you can get one for about a hundred bucks. at <laughs> the 
<laughs> just go to the holding pen. <laughs> yep. Um, Faye sent the, that's a terrible ad. Faye sent the next one in, and this is the Facebook page. <laughs> Facebook page North. God, that's North this Georgia, <laughs> free or cheap horses and tack. That's a Facebook page, you know, because I like to give away horses and tack on Facebook. North Georgia, cheap. Free or cheap horses and tack, $300, no questions asked. Oh, God. They're going to get it gone. 13 to 15-year-old Gelden, I know he loads in a trailer and is hard to catch in a large pasture. Other than that, my guess is as good as yours. <laughs> Located in Boston, Georgia. I don't know a damn thing about this horse. You just come get it. <laughs> 300 bucks. I ain't going to ask you no questions. <laughs> do they steal it? How did they end up with the horse? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, why are you asking no questions? Uh, yeah, there's something going on there. Maybe it was the husband no soul. No soul. the wife no and soul. divorced. No I don't... soul. Can't. We got to move on. I'll just, I'll, I'll just pick it in. apart. Lorene, why didn't you... Lorene, you've been lazy on us. You usually record. She was in her car in a tunnel. (laughs) 13 year old mare, $2,500 in Bristol. I don't know where that is. Uh, 13 year old sorrel mare. She's broke. No kick, bite or buck. She's been started on barrels and would make a good kid's horse if she wasn't scared of bags. Asking (laughs) $2,500 or will trade for a different horse or colt. I didn't realize there was no punctuation until I started. Bristol's in Tennessee, Glenn. And you know what? If if you got a horse that ain't afraid of bags, I'll trade you mine who is. Okay, we don't need to train no horses to get used to bags. We just need to get rid of it so we can go ahead and get another one that's broker. So you know what? Here's what people like to do. I have found that if they have a really, really well-trained horse, they really like to trade it for really untrained ones that are unpredictable. (laughs) That is uh, something that happens all the time here in Bristol, Tennessee. I always thought the bag thing was kind of easy to train. Oh, well. It takes time, Glenn. We ain't got no time. We just want to get on and go, okay? You just put a bag in a stick and you rub it all over them. Ten minutes, you're done. Yeah, that's just that simple. You ain't got to <laughs> know nothing. You I know that, and I'm not a horse trainer. I mean, how hard is it? Oh, there's a Bristol, Connecticut, and a Bristol, Tennessee, and a Bristol, Virginia. So it could be any of those. I don't do Connecticut, though, so, you know. <laughs> uh, Debbie sent the next one in, and this is a Facebook page called Union. God, thank God for Facebook. We'd run out by now. We would. <laughs> Union County. Anymore. <laughs> I know. Every once in a while. Union County, Oregon, free sale and swap. Free, comma, We're sale, comma, and today, swap. From one end to the other. Where the heck is, oh, this is in Oregon. Looking to trade custom Jeep trailer. One, wait two, three. see the picture. Look at the Oh, picture. wait, hold on. I just scrolled down. What? <laughs> okay. Think of a, like a Jeep Wrangler. I couldn't see the picture. I just was like, that's a weird ad. <laughs> uh, think of a Jeep Wrangler from like 1992. And what they've done is they, from the bottom of the windshield down that whole front where the engine is, that's gone. It's cut off. And and explain what else has happened here. Well, they kind of put uh, some kind of divider in front of where the engine was. I don't know, to keep the bugs out or the wind or something. Looks like a couch. Yeah, it does. And then they put a actual trailer bed in front of that with a hitch and everything. So it truly, you know, when it said, it said it's a Jeep, Jeep trailer, it really is a Jeep trailer. 
they you can tow this thing, but the rest of the Jeep is intact. The whole body, four doors, and the hatchback, and everything is intact. They have a couple of canoes on the top. So, and by the way, I would like to comment on the storage of the canoe. Yes, you think of a, a Jeep with yes, canoes yes. on it, and you think, yes. okay, well, the sensible way to put the canoe is straight ahead, you know, front to back, north to south. They've got the canoes stored on the trailer sideways. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think a tractor trailer coming the other way is going to take it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, they, these things but are the, gone. If you look closely, they have the hatchback open on the Jeep. They made it into a camper. There's a bed back there with drawers. and. <laughs> Let me explain to those who are, wow, this sounds amazing. This is garbage. Yeah. So don't amazing. don't be like, wow, that sounds so cool. They've converted it. It's not one of the cute conversions. It's like they've got no. drawers in there, and they threw like a mattress on top of it with like I, some dirty How is this cheap? legal? As a trailer. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Here you know what? That's why they had to open the hatchback because they ain't got no tag, Glenn. <laughs> anyway, Sharon said this. That was, that was, a, that was uh, awesome. We have never seen one of these, and that's hard after all these years. How do you cut the seen. front end of a Jeep off? With um, some kind of saw. <laughs> Thanks, science guy. Wow. <laughs> Glad I could help. I don't this tie knots Sharon, and you don't and do science. I'm reading an ad that I actually read Tools. about a year and a half ago. Um, the ad disappeared, and apparently the mayor hasn't sold in the meantime because the ad is back again. And even though neither the mayor nor I are from the south, I'm going to read it oh, in a uh, southern drift accent, which I call southern drift because it just kind of drifts all over the place. <laughs> so here we go. We have a buckskin 14-hand sport pony Mustang mare dressage prospect. And she's listed as a buckskin, but they also call her a dunskin and say she has champagne characteristics and has produced a Silver Bay cult. The text reads, serious inquiries only. We only show our horses in person, no videos. This mare is drop-dead gorgeous and has already produced a Silver Bay Pinto cult by our Lusitano stallion. That is stunning. And yes, she looks like the photos, and the photos were taken June 14, 2022. She is fit and tidy. Free jumps with excellent form and tidy knees and 10 mover. She is very sweet and all the hard work is done and been backed a few times, but I had to take time off. Do not want to bother with people who are not serious. Please see my website for more photos of my horses. Ties Cliffs Bay Trail is good for ferry and tacks up with no issues. Sound and healthy and has had best of care. Clean legs and great feet with excellent confirmation. If I get her finished up more, I will double her price. Ah. She is exquisite and I raised her from a youngster. Want my fair price or will breed her again by end of summer. And what may you ask is her fair price? $12,000. That's right. For this green broke broodmare, you can have her for the low price of (laughs) $12,000. Line up, everybody. And that Uh, is all. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really hear any of the ad because I was just enjoying. Now, Laura did an accent, too. She got triple the entries, but Sharon sounds like, and I mean no disrespect because your normal voice is wonderful. She sounds like, like when she's doing that accent, like she has some sort of speech impediment. She did. She did. She that did. was awesome. And triple it did drift entries. a bit. She was right. It drifted a bit. That's <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I got really lost at the beginning of that ad about what co- color the source really was because there were so many colors mentioned. I, I don't know. Champagne. <laughs> I don't know what the heck you talking about, Sharon. And sometimes yeah. when the, the truly Western people get started on the color th- and breeding thing, I'm totally, I'm just, I. Well, I'm it's gone. a Peppy Sandbar Badger <laughs> Doc Olina noodle. Okay. And they don't understand it. They get it, but I. 
I'm lost. Uh, Jess sent this one in. This is WNC Equestrian's Facebook page. I have no idea. Herbicide sprayer. Get them pasture fields under control with some herbicide. I charge $25 per acre to spray your fields. Message me to get on my schedule this fall before I done fill up. Okay. Let me point out that you're spraying water on a field if you can do $25 an acre. I know. That is true. We go water your pastures. <laughs> I'm going to walk around and just spray water on them because... Uh, Nothing ain't no $25 per acre, and oh, my God. We paid a lot more than that just to have the fire ant spray put on our fields. Yeah. Okay. I want to know where WNC, Western North Carolina? I don't know. I don't know. know. Uh, This was one. Oh, look, I I sent it in a couple weeks ago, and here it is. Uh, It's an ad that I found. Actually, I you get quadruple the entries if you read it in an accent. I will. Uh, You know what? I do one of those cool curtains, so I'm going to go for it. Um, This is actually an ad that I saw a friend post on Facebook because they shared it because it was hilarious. And I was like, I need that, so I stole it. And this is a... Facebook page, somebody's personal page, and this is in Mertzen, Texas. And it's a for sale. This golden pony boy was built in 1958, long before, and this is, by the way, it's like a, a beautiful old 1958 truck. Like golden it's like truck. One of the old pickup trucks that everybody likes because of the curves. Yes, it's yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah. This golden pony boy was built in the 1958, long before men's skinny jeans, white claw, and Florida Georgia line ruined our country. <laughs> <laughs> Why Florida Georgia line? Where did that come from? <laughs> There's a, yeah. People that like country don't like them because Abba, they're all maybe, like, but. Oh. <laughs> You heard the name, you heard the saying, they don't make them like they used to. Well, this is the truck that they was talking about. This bad boy with a 327 motor will turn more heads than 1989 Pam Anderson doing that slow-mo Baywatch run. (laughs) If (laughs) If you own this truck, chicks would dig you even if you work for the IRS and live in your mama's basement. It's custom from end to end and runs like Secretariat with his tail on fire. If it's any sweeter, you would have to lock it up so Biden... (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to that. If it was any sweeter, you'd have to lock it up so Biden wouldn't sniff it. You only get one chance in a lifetime to be the envy of the county when you get a blizzard at the DQ in a classic like this. <laughs> Don't blow it. That too. <laughs> Don't you blow it. Price is about as firm as a Motel 6 mattress. <laughs> Every cliche in America is in this ad. <laughs> I'm crying greedy that. You can DM me for more info, only if you're not a creeper. <laughs> I will say this is a beautiful truck, and it's it is the truck that every farm girl in the history of farm girls has wanted to own. See, I, Chad knows this is like my dream vehicle. Except would be not this to, color; it's kind of a tannish. Oh, I would have this thing painted like 
yeah, like it's aqua be red blue. Or some, yeah, uh, I'd have blue like teal. But the thing is, and I, I, he's like, so someday we'll get you a truck like that. I was like, no, no, no. I don't actually want one because I can't fix it. It will just be broken all the time because these things break. And that's why people keep them and they have to redo them all the time. I'm not qualified. I said, here's what I want. I want just a day of driving one. If you could rent one for a day, that'd be nice. I'll do that. These things have to have a stiff clutch, don't they? I don't care, Glenn. I drive stick all the time. And they have the big. They have the big. It's probably a three-speed on the floor with the big, big, long handle. I want to drive a truck where my, I'm, I'm, my hands are on the steering wheel, and it's like wider than my shoulders. Well, you know, like when I first started driving, the pickup trucks had the big steering wheels, and God, I miss big steering wheels. I wish they put big steering wheels back on trucks. Trucks should have a big steering wheel. Bring big steering wheels back. <laughs> we need Hashtag. a petition to Ford because, you know, these little steering wheels, they have all the crap on them. Okay, but you can put crap on a big steering wheel. You know what? I, I need a bigger steering wheel because I can't drive my truck with my knee when I'm That's driving to do some stuff. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the big steering wheel. And it's true. Those first trucks that I drove, the steering wheel came down to about your knee. You I got barely snacks. fit your legs under the steering wheel. I got snacks to eat. I got texts to send. I got to take care of my baby. And I shifting. need to drive <laughs> shifting, but I need my knee on the steering wheel. Don't reach. That's when they used to have... Uh, they used to have a place for your cigarettes, too. They used to have the ashtray. Oh, uh, you got to that, that anymore. <laughs> Do they make ashtrays anymore? Cars. You know what? I'm going to tell you a secret. If you get in a plane and there's an ashtray in it, <laughs> it's an old-ass old plane. plane. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker's been around a few times. By the way, before we go, we have to do a big congratulations. Oh, I'm so excited for him. He's so much happier I'm being the captain. Congratulations, music. And oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Chad. Actually, with all his training and all his stuff is completely over, he left yesterday on his first ever solo captain trip. Now he gets to come oh, home and complain. Solo? Well, I mean, he has a first officer, but like oh, okay. we, we, the last captain flights he was making had to have like a check pilot with him, like because they really they stay with you for a long time until they know you got it. And uh, so this was the first time he shows up as captain with no babysitters. And so it was kind of a big so day. he gets his choice of meal. He gets the steak, Glenn. He's finally <laughs> going to get the steak. Not the spaghetti. Not the pasta. <laughs> you know what? We do have a congratulations. Chili would like to congratulate Chad. Oh. <laughs> How appropriate. Uh, isn't that appropriate? I think that's appropriate. Congratulations. And, you know, I was joking when we were there that he's now a double captain uh, because he was a captain in the military. Now he's a captain in, in civilian life. So yeah, he was a captain, captain in the military, and then he went he went higher than that. Yeah, <laughs> so he didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I met I him. I think you can go higher than captain in the civil air patrol, can you? Uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. You can be like the CEO. That's yeah, probably you can, higher. Like, get an office job, but <laughs> as far as in the plane, captain's it. It's no, like captain's the guy. So when yeah. when you walk into a plane, there's a guy on the. And this is a, people always ask me what is the difference between what he did and what he does now. And so there's two guys that fly a plane. There's a guy in the right seat that's your first officer, and the guy in the left seat is a captain. And they say, "What's the difference?" And I'll ask you this. Ask me, what's the difference? What's the difference between the two guys in the two seats? Have you seen that movie, Sully? So no, I've always wanted to, and I never have. But you know, you know what the story is. Yeah, he crashes into the Hudson. Okay, who was their first officer? Don't have any idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that is what the difference in a captain and a first officer is. <laughs> so is the captain also the one responsible for dealing with the drunks and kicking them off the plane? And all oh, that? they do everything. I'm going to let you talk to the captain. Yeah, yeah. If you're vaping in the bathroom, you're going to get talked to by the captain. Does by the way, raise, at least you get a captain raise. He does get a captain raise. Oh, good. Mom's getting an indoor someday. (laughs) You should be captain. I need to cover spending his captain raise money. I'm like, I'm like, babe, that's going to be gone as soon as it comes in. I just want you to be aware. (laughs) (laughs) Go play golf. I'm going to go get a cover. Congratulations! I did. I did text him yesterday and congratulate him. Double captain. Does that? If he's a double captain, does he get to have double the amount of stripes? He actually went from three stripes. If you, you're walking to the airport and you see a pilot, if he has three stripes on his either shoulder or uh, if they're wearing their jacket around their wrist, that's the first officer. Four stripes is the captain. Those, and by the way, those are the ones that the flight attendants hunt. <laughs> so they're making the most money. Yeah, they make more money. You got to go with the captain. <laughs> Why would you date a first officer? So now it's on like Donkey Kong. I'm going to have to uh, fight him what off. What are you going to do about that? Do you make sure he has his wedding ring on every time he goes to the airport? Oh, they don't care. <laughs> you know what? Do you want me to tell you? Do, should, I, we, I don't know. Well, hold should. on. We'll tell it real quick in a post show. So we will have a post show. Just I'll get, I'm about to get a little inappropriate. So. All right, so hang on, auditors, for the post show. We said we weren't going to have one, but apparently we are. <laughs> See you all on Monday. I don't know if I want to tell you this. Spade Neuter Geld. Now you have to. Dang, why did I do this to myself? I back myself into a corner every time. I better play this. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Okay, so you have to be careful here. Let's not get anybody in trouble. I'm not going to get anybody in trouble. But I have a friend who's a flight attendant for a million years. And she's like, she's seen like guys that are misbehaved and guys that are well-behaved. And anytime she sees a guy who's well-behaved, she will ask them, because they, they would get she she was a flight attendant where she would go to Africa, and they, you know they spend two weeks with these captains and they know the good guys and the bad guys. But it's also been around long enough they, to see, and they know the good girls and the bad girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you what she was. Um, so, <laughs> so there's there's a, a, like some ground rules that you lay, which is you know uh, you don't go out to a meal with somebody by yourself. You know, like if the whole group's going, cool. But if it whittles down to you and one flight attendant, you're going to have to back out. So that was one of the rules. So we instituted that. Was that your role, you mean? This is what she told me, all the successful guy oh. that captains had. And so we have taken these. Um, okay. The other is it posted on the wall? It's, it's, it's heavily reminded. <laughs> <clears throat> Not that I have to. He's a great, great guy. But the second thing is that no flight attendants in your room. It just, well, that's now- not... I didn't know until I saw a news report the other day, which we haven't had a chance to talk about, about the flop rooms or whatever they call them. For for people who work with the airlines, they have these hotels that have like 10 beds in the room. Yeah, they don't do that to captains. What do they call them? They, well, they're not... 
I, I don't know about that. Or something, something else. But no, there would uh, be like the pilots and the flight attendants and everybody in there are their bunk beds. So, so, yeah, that is basically when, like, when he traveled in L.A., they call, think of what they call it. There's but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like they'll rent an apartment and there'll be all these beds in it because when he was based in L.A., he was, we were living in Phoenix. That's just inviting Hanky Peggy. <laughs> well, he said that usually it's just if, if there's anybody there, they're sleeping. So he said it wasn't a bad, but there's a there's a word for it. I'll think of it in a minute. But yeah, I can't remember it either. The other one, um, not a flop house. That sounds really dirty. <laughs> That's all I can think of. What is crash a flop pad? House, anyway? They call it a crash pad. And crash so he pad. he That's basically like you yeah. know for a place in L.A. He had to spend it was like four hundred a month, but there was like bunk beds. Uh, there's like probably fifteen beds in the place, you know, and it's just us what you do uh because he would be on call and he would Actually, be on call and kind of a flop house because i looked up the meaning of a flop house and it's a cheap rooming house or hotel there you go it just sounds better to say crash pad <laughs> yeah and flop house so the way, there's a podcast called the flop house oh that sounds good <laughs> so <laughs> that, you want the rules or not yeah okay rules okay the one is um another piece of advice she gave us was you know keeping you can't have any females in your room Okay, your room is your room, no females in your room. So that's fine. He's like, that's cool. Uh, the third thing is she met, a, she met a pilot who was always very good. And she's like, what's your secret? And we have, <laughs> we've taken this to heart. I have used it as an assignment. This guy said to my friend, my wife never lets me leave home with a loaded gun. And there you go. <laughs> I don't think I wanted to know that today. Don't do it. And that's how you keep your airline pilot husband happy. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. La 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 la. 